Welcome to the We Are Sports oh. Pilot episode of the podcast. My name is Victor Jones, and I don't like you niggas. Wow. That was aggressive. But what's up? This your boy, Uncle Chris. And always remember, juice is temporary, but sauce is eternal. Well, what up, y'all? It's Cutlet, and it's Buck David's friend, Hey, y'all. It's Mari. Um, Miss Depop on these old-ass niggas. Hey, yo. Wes, uh, stop telling women what they can and can't do, especially on social media, man. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. Oh, God. But this Rello, um, no, I don't really have nothing. I don't know what I want to say this. I don't know how wild I want to be, but I'm going to go with pretty much. I'll let white people tell you how to look at basketball. What's up, y'all? It's Nelson, and uh, my, I'm wondering. So, y'all are persecuting us for selling drugs. So we decide to sell stocks, but y'all don't want us to do that either. So what the fuck do you want us to do? They want you to shut up and be broke, which we will get to. All right, first order of business, Vic. Man, what is the first order of business? I don't know the, what I, oh, I thought it was the kids. I thought, I it, was thought the it was the kids in California. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we, um, there was a tweet that came out yesterday that is talking about kids in um down in uh, in New in California. So what it says is an update from 105 schools that counted the football season this fall in California equals alarming. 1,087 players ineligible. Um, 253 players dropped out. 64 players incarcerated. 85 players are joined games. 38 football players are new fathers. So um, it stems from the fact you know these kids don't have any recreational you know activities. They're probably home most of the time. And, you know, sitting in front of the computer for school. And I know California has been locked down for, the, for a while now. So I'm not sure how that plays into it. Because it even trickled over, trickled over into Las Vegas where they had 18 kids commit suicide. And it alarmed them um, in Clark County, which is where Vegas is. And it alarmed them so much that they're trying to reopen the schools so they can keep eyes on the kids. Even though it's a danger to that, too. You know, as far as teachers and administrators and kids getting sick with COVID. But they're, they're like, you know, 18 kids have killed themselves. And um, I was reading where they use this alert system. They put on the kids' iPads, because all the kids have iPads. And any searches they do or any any innuendo that they put in the iPad, it sends the school district an alert. So the, the, the superintendent said initially they had, like, the basic system. Um, I forget the name of the system. I'll give it in a second. But initially, they had the, the basic system, and they, and they got like 3,100 alerts within a month or so to the point that they went ahead and went with a 24-hour system so they could like keep an eye on these kids and to the point where one kid, he searched on the iPad for how to um, tie a noose, and the grandfather of the kid was just shocked when they contacted him and told him what was going on with the kid. So that's the topic that we want to, you know, as far as high school sports and how it plays into these kids' social lives and you know, and being at school and what that plays plays into as well. So this is this is one of the weird things that um, you know America got problems. Period. So COVID is kind of exposing all these individual issues that people could otherwise sweep under the rug. A lot of people, um, like the first complaint I really remember hearing uh, in March was like, "Damn, these kids is at home," and it's like. You spend all this time 
really being able to kind of like pawn your kids off on other people and you don't even know like what's really going on and I think that really just kind of shows how much is how much people don't know about their kids and, and what's going on and how hard and how difficult it is to uh, one raise kids but then two for the schools to try to do that shit like that's it's, it's, it's virtually impossible um, so everything from people not being able to eat lunch to um, I mean all the way to like wanting to commit suicide I mean these are issues that are, are just wide open now that uh, basically the scab got scratched off and so now you know you gotta deal with these things I would totally agree um, let's see, well let's said everything that I was gonna say I mean some of these kids like even though I mean, some of these kids, their grades may not show, but these kids, some kids go to school as an escape from, you know, the shit they got to deal with in life, whether it's at, at home, whether it's with their friends outside of school in their, their neighborhoods or whatever, and they don't have that now. You know, they don't have eight hours where they're in one place they can, you know, find a way to escape in, whether it's sports or academics or both. And, you know, clearly those numbers are strong on the show. And I can only imagine if the spring sports weren't playing, weren't, weren't in session, you know, around the time of the pandemic, you know, you know, really got bad. Like those numbers will probably be even a lot worse than they already are. Um, I think I think what's interesting um, about the the story that we were reading, um, if y'all didn't read it, it's on footballscoop.com, um, and they did the the survey with the uh, California schools is how much the government can play a role in making schools better for the kids in a sense because. In, uh, in the story, uh, the Department of Health and Human Services was providing, uh, testing, rapid testing for the students. You know, we, we all agree that sports should be being playing right now, especially kids. Uh, but they were providing rapid testing for, for these kids so that they can continue to play and they could somewhat control COVID, um, if it was spreading or not within, within the teams that they were playing. But obviously in the, in the state of California, um, that that wasn't permitted so it's just interesting to see how like the state laws and there could be put there could be money and there could be plans put in place to still help the kids um yet they just decide to leave poor kids especially black and brown kids um and they just leave them leave them be and just let them wallow in whatever situation there is so that part was really interesting uh in the article with that but um Vic, you read a number to me, and I don't, I would just, I don't want to, okay, this kid's fucking, how many babies is on the way? Jesus Christ, 30, what did you 38, say? 38 new fathers. I mean, you know, we know the kids, we know these kids having sex, like, come on, man, we know they. they I know that, in. but like, gee, 38 new fathers, that's, that's, bro, come on now, we've seen like one or two in our high school class, but 38? In one failed swoop? But, but Chris, you got to remember, this is within 105 schools. This is not within. Oh, okay, school. okay. Yeah, okay, this okay, is it's 105 right. schools within California. Um, how, do they, how do they know which ones join gangs? That's what I want to know. Where do they get the official report? Yeah, on well, that was my number. That was always weird to me. Like, how y'all know who was joining gangs? Well, I'm, I'm sure they were able to track these kids through these iPads and these and these computers, so they can track certain activities or whatever. So maybe that's so how. Big. I was curious about how they got. The- you think I'm going to rob a nigga with my iPad in my book bag? I'm going to beat up somebody no, with an iPad in the back? That's what you said, how they track it No, listen, you might be communicating with gang members through text messages on your iPad. I, and they track it. 
I think too, given like uh, because I think the study was spearheaded or in collaboration with Sarah High School, which if y'all don't know, that's uh, Tom Brady's alma mater. Um, also one of like the best football high schools in the Bay Area. Um, that's a private one. So if I'm thinking about, and I have actually have a cousin who goes there. If I'm thinking about it in the way their coaches and stuff are set up and the types of kids that come there, I think it's basically kids that definitely gave that information after being questioned about it. You know, they build these like really strong bonds with the kids at these type of high schools where they all in their business, you know, their mommies and whatnot. I think this is more of like an interview situation. Maybe they didn't necessarily use the coaches to get that type of information, but use people within the community who could give that information or who could get that information out of them. So, yeah, I think if it's based off of Sarah and any of the neighboring high schools around San Mateo, so San Francisco and whatnot, um, I think it was, it was more so of a conversation or interview type of thing. So you're saying they have um they have relationships outside of the school, but they in the, within the community where they could probably go and talk to these people and say, hey, what's up? With the, have you seen these kids and what what have they been up to? Things like yeah. So like um, if I speak to just like the cousins that that I've had or just people family members that I know or friends, um, a lot of the say Samoan kids, the Polynesian kids that go to schools like Sarah, they the coaches don't necessarily get in good with their parents. They more so get in good with like a big uncle or somebody who's like a, a community uncle <laughs> type of thing. Um, and kind of are able to manage them in some way. I think they utilize people who are community members to get this type of information. Because um, they also have like, also have like, you know, community centers and whatnot um, throughout the city, both San Mateo and the city. Uh, for people to just kind of connect. Um, a lot of them are cultural based, but um, yeah, I think that's kind of what's been going on as far as them getting information. I don't see them getting it through the tablets and whatnot. Okay, okay I get you, Mari. That makes make a lot of sense. Basically, the big homie. Let me go to the big homie and then see what's shaking from there and we'll take ba- it. Basically. <laughs> I got you. But um, it, yeah. oh my bad, Mar. But I was just gonna Good. say, um, and I won't hold up too much more space. But yes, Sarah's interesting. So you know, it's not easy necessarily to get accepted to Sarah. So when I read through the article, whole time I was thinking like, this is really interesting that Sarah's the one. Um, and then I went to their head coach, um, coaching Twitter. And a lot of his tweets have to do with coming back from you know, break early, coming back into the schools and being able to safely uh, play sports, play football. So it just got me thinking about like the different uh, parent groups, coaching groups that have come forward in, throughout the Bay Area uh, in support of going back to, to school, physical learning. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know if because then again, we're trying to unpack how they got the data that kids had joined the game. And then when I'm thinking about who the source is and what high school is coming from, it makes, it's making me think that maybe some of this data 
is based off of like some assumptions about what's going on, but I don't know. I don't know for sure. Who's that clip just now? No, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was Rello's mic, and I, I think he accidentally clipped it off, and so I just kind of... Yeah, I was good in the car, and I just closed my damn foot in the car, so yeah. Uh, okay. uh, so this, so um, my question is, like, we've got California reporting these statistics, right? You said 105 high schools, and then, you know, they're talking about what's going on in Clark County, Nevada. Like, I'm, I'm wondering if other school districts or states are going to be looking at these numbers and reporting these numbers because the biggest issue with sending these kids back to school is that we are, that COVID is still raising. Like it's the worst it's been since it was almost a year ago. Right. So you sending these kids back to school, right? It don't make sense because like if, if, if you're telling America to stay home, you're telling, you know, self for essential workers, like, stay home, social distance. Then why the hell are you trying to get these kids back to school? Because that is the antithesis of what you're preaching. And even even the government and Fauci and all these dudes, they're saying this, oh, uh, you know, we're going to try and reopen schools. Biden and them, like, we're going to try and get money to reopen schools. And I'm like, but the, these numbers, like, you're talking about we're going to hit 500,000 people dead from COVID. The, you know, before the end of this month, and what is this, the 26th, 27th of the month? 28th. The 28th, like, what the fuck? So, like, you, you and, and, you know, I know Trump was pushing his narrative that kids don't get sick, which is a lie. Kids are dying from this as well. They're being ravaged. Like, they might, like, you know, like I, I constantly say, they're not talking about that group of people who recover, which is far greater than a group of people who died, not saying that, that one group is more important than the other, but the group that survived and are dealing with long-term effects of this, they're going to be a major issue for a variety of reasons other than the fact that they're going to be living, you know, really fucked up lives, but they're also going to be dealing with chronic issues where it's going to put a stress on this shitty-ass, you know, hospital system that we have in America. You know, because when this stuff started in, back in March of, 20, of 2020, the report came out saying that America has less than 1 million ICU beds. Now, we probably got more than that now because they had to ramp up. But, like, in a country of 350 million people plus, you have 1 million, less than 1 million ICU. I think it was like 991,000 and some change. So, you know, like, I don't understand how they – I get we have to be concerned about these kids' mental health because, you know, New York City talked about it, how – a lot of these kids' school is a safe haven, which we mentioned, and things like that. And I know being around their friends and playing sports, like, I'm, you know, I, I remember high school and how important that was just to be with the homies because I couldn't play football my senior year in high school because I had appendectomy. I had an appendectomy like two months before football practice. And I was intent on playing, but the doctor called in high school and was like, yeah, you can't let him play because he's not healed. If he gets hit in his abdomen, it could split, you know, split open the incision, you know, and so I was devastated, like, damn, I can't play my senior year with my homeboys and everything. So I ended up going, I went to every game, every road game, whatever game it was, basketball, football, like I was there because just to be there. Like the high school, my high school coach was like, yeah, you can ride the bus. Like, it's cool. Get on. And because you can be around your friends because 
you know, that's that was my social circle. So I couldn't imagine having and like I grew up in the country. My grandmother stayed my grandmother had a house on a dirt road. Right. So like there was nobody around. So I was I'd have been stuck. Like if I if this would have happened when I was in high school, I'd have been stuck. And you know, especially back then when we didn't have the type of communication that these kids have today, luckily, but it still seems like it's still an issue. So I just don't know what you guys feel about that, like trying to get them to play sports. I know in Michigan the state funded rapid testing for these kids to be able to finish the football season or whatever. Like, how do you guys feel like, is it, which is like, what do you, how do you weigh that? You know, kids being at home and going through things to the point, to the point of committing suicide versus reopening schools and dealing with people catching COVID and possibly dying. Well, so here, um, Chicago is, is a different animal. I know, uh, Chris, Chris was about to speak to that. So, yeah, just to bring it up with how you was bringing up with the kids and the aspect of how, like, the school stuff. So, here in Chicago, the, the teachers, like, no, we don't, we're not getting back in schools. They're literally about to strike. But CPS is pushing to get back in schools because the situation here is just like those numbers, how you said the numbers go to come out from everywhere else. Here in Chicago, I guarantee you those numbers are going to sound like that because, a couple rooms ago, we were talking about the carjackings and stuff like that. What's now coming out about these carjackings is really wild is it's a bunch of kids. Like, these ain't no adults. No, it's a bunch of kids just doing this. So those numbers, I feel like, are, are going to come out from everywhere because it affects everybody differently. And like like I said, here in the city, in Chicago, hell, they push it so tough to get it back. JB done laid out high school sports. Like, football start March 4th. March 4th. Like, they trying to ramp this up to try to get these kids back in school around here. So, those numbers, it's only a matter of time before more numbers come out like that, Vic. So, I'm with you. Yeah, and we've spoke about this as far as, like, Keontae Johnson from, from um, you know, North I mean, um, Florida. Florida. And how these, yeah, University of Florida, and how these kids shouldn't be playing. College and high school kids should not be playing because, they're not getting paid. Like, I get the pros playing. That's a professional decision. These guys make a lot of money. Or even if it wasn't a lot of money, it was a, good, a solid salary. It's their livelihood. So they're adults and they can make that decision. I feel like the NCAA is almost like forced servitude because everybody knows we've talked about this, how um, the, the, um, the, the, the college players are the only ones on campus. They're athletes. They're the only ones on campus. Everybody else is remote. You know, it, even if they're not remote, my homegirl daughter is a freshman at Syracuse. She She's on campus, but she's in her dorm majority of the time. Like, that's where she takes her classes at, you know, virtually and everything, but she's on the campus. You know, so that's that. But these athletes, for the most part, they're the only ones on the campus. So you're sitting there like, like, these kids shouldn't be playing. They shouldn't be playing. And I get, like, it's... It, like, like you said, with America, it's like it's a lot of shit wrong with America, right? It's a lot of stuff wrong with America, and there should be other ways to take care of these kids and their mental health, and to get them, you know, in a position where they're safe, you know, rather than saying, "Well, we got to open the schools back up and play sports." Like, I feel like that's that's lazy thinking. Like, I might maybe I'm being a little bit harsh, but I think that's just lazy thinking. I think it's a it's it's a it's the way the system's set up, right? It's a lose lose situation for the kids regardless. 
which is what the problem is with America. And I think we've all known it, but COVID has just put it on, uh, um, on front street, um, uh, with the, how the structures are. So it's, it's so unfortunate that, um, especially black and brown parents have to choose between do I keep my kids safe and not catch this virus or can I not go to work because I don't have child care for them? So it's a, it's a lose, lose, lose situation. Yeah. Like, oh, go ahead, bro. I was just going to say like the beginning of this COVID, the pandemic, the first part of my process I worried about was women and dating relationships. And I worried about kids because now you don't have that outlet no more. You don't have work to go to. You're stuck in a house. With, we don't know what your home situation is. We don't know like, what your life home situation is. You got food. We don't know if your parents are abusive. We don't know what type of situation you are at home. And now we're sticking with home. You can't see your homies. You're supposed to be in no pandemic, but we all know how 16 to 18 year olds, well, 14 to 18 year olds are. Like, you're not going to stay in the house for so long. No matter what you've been told, you feel invisible. Like, you might be like, oh, it's a pandemic out there, but like, you're not really worried about that. Like, you're like, oh, I ain't going to get sick. They saying everybody over 20, over like 25 and older going to die. That ain't me. So yeah, especially if they don't have no supervision. If they exactly. don't have no supervision, they're going to be in the streets. they doing whatever. Like, they win whatever, they doing what, whatever. So, like, I'm really not shocked by this. I'm disappointed because this is America and the system is against brown and black kids for usual. Um, I just really wish it was not the solution. Well, let's just let them, let them play sports. It's like, bro, like, give them, teach them other skills in life. Like, basketball, sports is for all of us at some point. Only 1% of us get to make it money off of the sport we want to play like so you can't have it to this point to where it's like oh just give the sport back these kids other things i do give them give them an outlet give them a chance to talk like i feel so especially in the black community we can't we like disgusted at mental health and we have to stop doing that i pray that our generation start making some movement towards that because we have to really start having conversations about mental health we just have to because if we don't talk about it the longer you leave it in dark the longer you're not going to talk about it people are going to be uncomfortable about it so yeah. I so check this. Got, uh, the West, not, go ahead, go ahead. After you guys, I want to read. I have a friend of mine who works for the um, CPS in, in Clark County, Nevada. And I'm going to read you some information that she gave me about what goes on in that county. So go ahead. You guys go in and I come in. Yeah. I was going to say briefly, like with this whole what Rella was saying about like how mental health and the importance of that has to be stressed in like, you know, with high school and college, like. There's kind of more of a light to it in regards to professional sports, but I agree there's more, you know, a lot of these, at the end of the day, like, we're talking about kids, like, we're talking about kids who are experiencing emotions and actions and something going on in the world that they, not even their parents taught them or they weren't even prepared for it, and, you know, literally, you really think about it, and one day you're out with your friends playing sports and, you know, living your life, and then the next day it's like, nah, you gotta stay in the house. And, you know, you do it, it's like, okay, yeah, one day or two days, all right, cool, whatever. But when it gets to where it's at now, where we're damn near a year later and 400,000 people died, like, the magnitude of how this situation is affecting everybody's mental health, like, adult and children, like, I can only imagine how those, how, like, kids feel. And I'm a grown adult, you know, we're all grown adults and we're dealing with I can only imagine how a kid feels where it's like, you know, you're not really focusing on much, but playing sports, going to school, and hanging out with your friends. It's like, all that's taken away from you. And I can only imagine the effect it has on them. And that needs to be stressed. That needs to be stressed out. It needs to be stressed and needs to be emphasized. And I hope that as this continues and hopefully with the vaccine and, and such, I hope that gets emphasized a lot more. Wait, I know you wanted. 
Oh, go ahead, I, go was, I was totally going to pivot so that because we way beyond the 15, but so I'll do, you'll do your thing you edit it. Well, I was just going to say, like, lastly, just to bring it all the way together, exactly what Wes said as far as basically this is just exposing the inequities in our system that already exist. Like, this is just putting a real heavy spotlight on it. Um, so whether they go back or not, those problems are still going to exist. Agreed. So right quick, I'm going to um, read these stats that uh, my homegirl Zedonia, she's on Clubhouse, um, she sent me. She said that working in CPS, we always have an increase of cases during the summer break because children are at home because school is a safe place for a lot of them, which we said. And she said this is worsened during the pandemic because now they're increased. The numbers are increased of homeless youth because families are unemployed and don't have money to maintain a household. And Vegas is also a hub for sex trafficking. That part jumped out at me. That adds another layer to what children face here. She said keeping them safe from a horrible home life as well as predators is a lot. You know, so. Yeah, man. So, I mean, it's a lot, man, but. All I can say, man, is to keep if you if you know kids, man, that are home, just like their their family or their friends, and like just check on them and see how they're doing, and you know try and figure out something to offer them like a break from whatever they're dealing with on a daily basis. Because it's easy to fall into this quarantine life where you're just like in a cocoon and you're focused on yourself and you just forget about everything else. So like. You know, like life gets in the way and a lot of times we'll get caught up in our life and forget about others. But sometimes, you know, a text message or a phone call is just or a FaceTime or whatever, like you Chicago niggas, just will um to check up on your homies. It, it will be you know, you never know it could save somebody like minor or major league it seems like america's deal is that sports will keep us occupied and that's going to save us to the point where the nba is considering having all-star weekend now after all and um, instead of doing it in indianapolis they're going to do it in atlanta of all places because why not uh i think it's especially odd timing considering um uh, Sacred Smith just passed away from COVID complications. And, you know, NBA TV's whole hub and Turner's whole hub is in Atlanta. So, uh, I guess the show must go on. So, guess what? Georgia is among the top 10 worst states in almost every metric for COVID-19. White Horse, White House report said. Yep. Which we pretty much knew that's it. You know, but it's officially out there because these these cats down there have been pretending, or they they think that I don't know they're in another time zone and, or another. These niggas think it's smoothies hey, hey, out here. Hey, they, they, hey, they they still living in 2019. Man, they living in 2015, bro. So like they, 
they wilding, dog. Like they down there fighting to get into ho- get into um, restaurants. Like, why are you arguing with this guy? I think you say I saw er- like early in the pandemic the dude. He they wouldn't let him into the Asian restaurant because he had on white Air Force Ones, and the owner was a white dude, and the white dude had on Jordans, <laughs> and and it was a white lady at the bar with like a Beatles song, and he's arguing in a pandemic for why they won't allow him to come in the restaurant and eat. And I'm sitting there like, bro, like, I hold black people to a higher standard for this very reason. Because our people are disproportionately affected by COVID-19. We should be even more cautious and aware of what we're doing and where we're going. But it seems that two, one, we don't give a shit. Some, a, lot of, a lot of black people don't give a shit. Or some of them. And, you know, the other thing is they love to point the finger at white people. White people doing it, too. I'm like, I don't give a shit what they're doing. If you're going back and you're taking it to your grandparents and your parents and you're making these people ancestors before their time because you're killing them. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop it, man. Like, I get what you're saying, but let's police our community first. And then we'll look outward. But right now, let's stay within this community and be like, okay, how do we take care of our own? And I, and that's what that's what pisses me off with them, Atlanta and Texas and Cali with the underground parties, and which I just read about recently. They're having like a, a rash of underground parties in Cali and other places. So that's what. And then people going from Cali to Vegas because Cali was locked down, so they go party in Vegas. Well, you really can't do shit. There's literally nothing to really do down there. Like, you're not doing Vegas, you're just in Vegas. Because you're not really doing what Vegas has to offer pre-COVID. So, I don't know, man. I don't know what's up with the NBA. Why why would you choose that city? Like, of all places. Like, go to Florida and have it down there. And want to play the game. We know what it is, money, because they know niggas. Money from where? Yeah, and they and the thing is, I think that the Atlanta Hawks have started to let um, fans in the stadium, or in the arena. So... Um, no with that, yeah. So I think with that, and then they tried to say that, um, like what's to say that Turner, that's Turner's home turf. That they, I don't understand what that has to do with anything with Turner being there. But I think the funny part and the most ironic part of um, this story when it came out. So I read it in the USA Today, and there was a quote or there was a detail in there saying how they plan to have COVID relief, and I just thought that was so funny, and I was just like. You guys want to bring a game where your players are already already testing positive um, to play an unnecessary game because you guys are still doing all-star voting. So the players that do have all-star incentives in their contracts still have a chance to make that money, yet you want to go to a highly infected city to play a game that doesn't matter, where it won't even be full for the fans. So and then to use it to use COVID relief and then they're trying to say they want to fund um, HB like have a funding for HBCUs and to me it's just like don't use COVID relief and the HBCUs to mask to make people think this is a good idea because you niggas could just write a check and you that could be your COVID relief and that's your funding for the HBCUs so to me it just seems like they're they're trying to look for more money in places that is just is very just dangerous and very business forward and um i just i don't understand why why the players um would still want to play the game even if they um 
they're not going to get the same experience as All-Star Weekend usually is. And also, they still get their incentives in their contracts if they make the All-Star team. Yeah, because that part pissed me off when they tried to use the HBCU shit. Like, now you give a shit about HBCUs? Y'all waste money. The NBA wastes money. They could, they could, they could fund HB, they could fund every HBCU and not even miss that bread. They would write it off on Texas anyway. But like, don't use that as your reasoning for coming to Atlanta. And once again, that also pisses me off because you're technically coming to a black community, a black city doing this shit. Take your ass to Indianapolis, man, and do this shit over there. And this is literally, and I, I, I'm not surprised at all. This is literally what this is the same thing that NBA did with the black with Black Lives Matter and the whole social justice initiative they did in the bubble. Like this season started and we have have we seen anything about it, honestly. No. So this doesn't this this just doesn't as, as disgusted as I am, I'm also not surprised by why by them changing their mind midway through the season saying we're not gonna do the all star game and then like yeah, let's do an all star game out of all places you do. After you canceled, how many, many many games have been canceled? Like nineteen, twenty games have been. Oh, cool nineteen, bro. The Wizards are gonna be playing the regular. The Wizards are gonna be playing the regular season. Bro. Yeah, the Wizards missed two weeks. Like they literally have not. Their first game was the twenty what third. Not that they didn't play since the eleventh. Like them niggas missed two weeks of basketball. They didn't play a game. In the, nine, they didn't practice in, in nine the, days. And they're trying to have the game when they only have five days off between the first half of the season and the second half of the season. I know All Star Weekend is only. They only get uh, like that weekend plus like a few more days, but like, it, I I'm not I'm not understanding the logic of the point of this game. Well, and then I have questions because a lot of people are okay with these like like we've been watching so much basketball, y'all. I watch basketball literally every single day, and it's like it'll be like eight teams on one day, like most of the time. It's like. It's just so weird because it's like the league is just really is like exhausting all of these players, and I think a lot of us accept it that we'd be watching a lot of basketball because half of these players got to sit out, um, didn't make it to the bubble, so they didn't have to jump right back in. But I just wonder if if players are going to be honest about how exhausting it is, especially if some of them are recovering from COVID and having to jump right back into basketball. and then outside of that, the whole, like, fans and stands thing. So I, I just don't get how we're supposed to have a policy about dapping up players, but you have fans in the stands who don't all wear their fucking mask the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, who's to say that the players don't get sick from those fans? And they can control that. They can control right. not letting fans in the stadium. Exactly. Yes. Who cares if the state and the regulations let are letting fans anywhere. You as an MBA, as an organization, can say no. But yet people are still there. Exactly. Nothing about it is logical. None none of this makes sense. I mean, to be honest, you know, the NBA hasn't made sense since the beginning of the season. Like, I said one time, I said, why is the NBA basically doing a 180 from what they did after when the pandemic hit? And... This is literally looking like the MLB season, the beginning of the MLB season all over again. When the Marlins got literally, the whole team, the whole Miami Marlins, the St. Louis Cardinals, damn near, the, damn near both rosters were filled either with contact tracing or with people that were infected by COVID, and games had to get canceled left and right. And, it's and just then, like, too, 
It's a, it was a nasty, it's a nasty 180. All these people that we, we definitely, we all know people who are a lot less like scared of this virus. <laughs> like we, who, we all know a lot of people who've kind of changed their mind about the virus. So I feel like this is dangerous because the, the league is basically feeding into the message that it's not as dangerous as you think or you can take risks. And it's like, that's dangerous. Like we don't, we, I, I won't say that the responsibility is on them, but you kind of make it okay to have those feelings when you're continuing to do like these irresponsible things, um, to the detriment of your players and staff. Uh, so it's, it's, this shit is stupid as fuck. It, it continues to kind of portray that two sides fallacy to everything in America. Oh, there's two sides. You know, there's a, you know, you could, you're supposed to wear a mask, but if you choose not to, then I respect that because that's your prerogative. That's your right. Uh, you should get the vaccine, but if you don't trust it, I totally understand because that's your right. And so, like, we, we're going to keep wearing that fucking sentence out to the point where, like, we have COVID. Like, it just becomes this American thing where everybody's like, yeah, you know, like, it'll become uh, malaria here where it's like, oh, yeah, you got to get you got to make sure that you got the COVID vaccine before you go over there because, you know, they got that shit. You know, it's just it's so weird because we don't ha- we shouldn't have to do that. Like, we shouldn't have gotten to this point. We could have done what everybody else did. And just take a damn time out, pay people to stay home. That's the operative thing. They didn't want to pay people to stay home. Um, and then just go forward, like, like again, like every other semi-organized country. The irony of the, irony of the, of, uh, the, the country that we're in, the United States of America, is that uh, a vast majority of the people here are selfish as fuck, including people who are in the government. So as we're not going to get anywhere far until people decide to, you know, strap up and actually unite and take a chill tone a lot. the doom and gloom and all the things that are um seemingly like damn you know we're not what what they say we're the divided states of america with yeah like because we're we got all those different things going on it was kind of dope to see um people unite even via the internet to uh find a common evil and uh take down a hedge fund that might be the coolest shit i've ever seen uh That's stonks, baby. Stonk, hashtag stonks. That, I love that it. meme. I love that meme. Hoddle. Yeah, man. I, I love this shit. I've been following this pretty close. Uh, I think it's super. Uh, I think it's super important. And uh, I don't know. I mean, if, if if you guys have been been following this, because the shit is all interconnected, right? Like from how do you, how COVID affects the kids. To people not being able to work, people not going on time out and doing what they're supposed to do, to the NBA doing the same thing. So the rich people, right? Like they gotta still 
kind of figure out what they're doing to make their headway. And then you've got the, uh, you know, the Wall Street people, the wealthy motherfuckers doing the same thing. You know, like, okay, well, we're going to send y'all ass out there and, you know, y'all going to have to make this shit work some kind of way. The one part about it is like, it's like you're, it's like you're up, it's like you're up with two outs in the ninth inning in baseball, and like now nah, we changing the rules. It's like wait, so you get mad? It's like taking the ball and going home. Like that's literally what this is. Like how these hedge funds and all these Wall Street guys are responding to regular people getting some money off GameStop and AMC and Nokia and all types of stuff. And the Nokia, the Nokia stock is actually genius because. I didn't know this till recently. Like Nokia has a lot of patents that are still, even though yeah they're not making phones like you know like that, but they have a lot of you know electronic you know they still have a lot of patents that are being used to this day, and that's why this that's why those stocks are lucrative. At the end of, at the end of the day, man, like it it goes down to how every system is built. The system is not built for poor people to uh, close the divide in the in the wealth gap, like. Niggas did this in a free market legally and collectively, and then there was a problem. The information that's been hidden and not wanting not wanting to be put out there and it's it's just like people I think the thing about it is like we're understanding what capitalism actually is. I think this is a perfect example and it kind of spells it out exactly how the rich continue to get rich and why they get rich and then the power that all these one percent with the government and everything how it all makes sense and it's all within one line and um it's just it's just super super fascinating because we are like are they going to get regulated right are they continue to get bailouts we've seen that in oaa with the recession we've seen how they got covid relief so what happens next is the real question and how do we change that and it's like can we even change that if those those that can change it are never never gonna have an even playing field with us, so it's just it's such an interesting way how this has been like unfolding the last the last couple of days. Um, and I'm new to stocks; I just started um, uh, started putting money because I don't gamble. So for me, my money is really important. So I just been I've been reading, and my friends have been you know telling me about things. So to be in this game where it's like they they can just you know close your close your shares or uh, make you sell your positions and things like that like illegally actually but because they can put things in terms and conditions that we're not actually reading um somewhat it can be legal so it's just it's very it's very fascinating so so the people who don't um understand because i had there's a lot of it i understood out the gate but some of it i had to like kind of refresh my memory on like wait why why could they do that why is this happening um so in like the the simplest terms possible that like if what what's happening is there are super rich motherfuckers like wealthy people. That nigga's stealing. They they are stealing. This is everything in America is stolen. Literally, this is all stolen land. So Literally. never feel yeah, never feel like you're doing anything. You're not whatever, however dope you think you you are, and and how you made it on your own and shit. Anybody tells you like they did it on their own from America, bottom of their line, uh, because this whole shit's stolen. So start from there. But um. So what what's happening is these these uh, hedge funds, uh, people who run hedge funds, and, and they'll do things where they'll they'll take your money, promise to invest it a certain way, and, and guarantee to make you some some kind of way. What a lot of these guys are doing is they're um, using options trading to like short 
a company. Short means that they will, and this sounds illegal as fuck, but it's 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 a thing. It's basically I'm gonna buy a stock at ten bucks, let's say, betting that the stock is gonna drop, that it's gonna go down, and then when it does go down, I'm going to sell you the stock back because all I all I bought from you was the stock itself, not at the price. And so if I pay ten dollars for for it, and then I, I sell it back to you when it's eight dollars. You take the stock, I keep the two dollars, and you can do that. Um, it's basically you're, you're getting a loan using the stock and not the money, so you keep the difference in it. So what was happening was um, guys were shorting stocks like they typically do, but one of the the big issues was people are greedy as fuck, so they were shorting at a level that was impossible. So 100% of the stock. Uh, could be out, and they're shorting 140% of it, which was the case with GameStop. So some people on Reddit figured it out. They said, wait a minute, hold on, you can't. There's, it's not possible for them to be able to to uh, pay this loan back, essentially. They're going to have to pay this stock back um, at some point. Um, but what if, what if the stock price rose? So if you short and you gamble wrong, basically, if the stock price rises, you're on the hook for that money. You, now you owe it. Now you're in debt um, for that because you made a bad bet. So with a, with GameStop, and I don't remember when they started, if it was four bucks or eight bucks or whatever. GameStop is damn near bankrupt, so like it wasn't important. It was like three seventy five or some shit. Yeah, so like like four bucks, and they go, and people say, well, let's drive it the other way. So people on on Reddit kind of socialize it. They perform. They uh, form the collective. He said, we're all going to buy the stock. We're going to push it up. Well, they pushed the shit up to about $300, $400. (laughs) And uh, so now the hedge fund was on the the hook for all these shares that are now 100 times what they bought in at. They owe that debt. And so they were uh, essentially bankrupted at $2.7 or $2.8 billion, which, of course, yeah, $2.7 billion, which, of course, um, Rich motherfuckers joined together and bought, well, not even joined together, just gave it to them. Like, oh, okay, cool. Well, you can hold this, get, get back on your feet. But in order to get back on their feet, that's when Robinhood, Webull, uh, TD Ameritrade, E-Trade, where they all said, you know what? We're going to pull these. We're going to halt trading on GameStop, AMC, uh, Sundial, et cetera. So we're going to halt trading on this. Give y'all some time to do your thing. When they went right back to shorting, <laughs> like they literally went right back to what they did to fuck it up in the first place to get their money right and kicked everybody else off. So you couldn't use it, so you couldn't do it. They only gave you the option to sell back your stock after it started plummeting. So they could, um, so they basically you would sell it at a loss and they could buy back in at a reasonable price after people had driven it up. So it's crazy, like, in drug terms, like in dope terms, it's like catching. I'm trying to think the best way I could put this shit. It's like you you get some shit on consignment, and then you put your like you you put the price up a little bit, and then instead of selling it out, you try to sell it back to who you bought that shit from uh, at a, at less than what you charged, and then keep the money. Like when they find out, they're going to kill you, you know. But people just don't get caught doing this, and this is how America's done business forever. Well, until Reddit, apparently. 
And the crazy part is what the hit the hedge fund. So my homeboy, he does um, stock options and stuff like that for a living. And he told me he sent in a text group that we and some homies are in. He said that these hedge funds control the retail sellers like Robinhood and Webull and them, right? So like Robinhood, I get a sales report of what people are trying to buy, and they'll run it past the hedge fund. And so basically the hedge funds get a look at what you're trying to do, and then they go behind you and they try to shit you out your money. Because they they like, oh, that's what they're trying to buy? Well, we're going to do this. And people lose money. And people are like, damn, I thought I was going to win. It's like it's like another version of the casino. It's a Ponzi scheme, basically, in my opinion. Um, a high-level version of it, but that's what it seems like. And so he was saying that it's illegal. But the issue is, even though it's illegal, you have billionaires. Like me and Wes was talking about earlier today, you have billionaires who are going broke. So they will break the rules. They will break the law. And, and you know, they don't care about paying that probably couple hundred million dollar fine to keep their billions. Like they're like, I can either go broke, which they're not going to do, or I can I can break these rules, break this law, F, you know, FEC or whoever it is might come for me and fine us. You know, it's just like how... Um, what was it? Wells Fargo when they did the um, whole scheme, they were making up the accounts or yeah, whatever. They were, they were posing false accounts. <laughs> yeah, and, and saying and they, they had that many bank accounts. Yeah, and they and they just got fined, and they're still in business. Like you should have been put out of business permanently. Your shit should have, your assets should have been taken and distributed and sold in auction or whatever. Like they should not be in business today. You they know, never found the coke boat. They never found the cocaine from J.P. Morgan. They yeah. never found the coke from J.P. Morgan. On, I never trusted him after that. J.P. Morgan That's was it. moving like Tony Montana. Like, what happened to the boat? I'm from uh, a small town in South Carolina. We at When I was in high school, I think our population in my hometown was like 7,000, right? Small town in a small county in South Carolina. The mayor of the county was the kingpin, and the sheriff was the capo. And they had a Sara Lee hosiery factory in our county, right? And they found a shipment on one of the tractor trailers that came into Sara Lee hosiery. It was a shipment of um, drugs. I I think it was dope and weed. Put the dope on the table, took the pictures, all that shit. And when they put that shit in the impound, that shit went out the back door and hit the streets. And niggas was selling that shit in the streets because they was working for the mayor. The fucking mayor, though. And there was a, a a wise man once said, fuck the frail shit, because when my coke come in, they got to use the scales that they wear the whales with. Oh, and my that wise man was J.P. Morgan. Yep, because that shit coming into the docks. But yeah, man, so that whole thing this past couple of days, and I know a bunch of people on my timeline on Facebook, my friends and people I know, they were jumping on that and AMC, you know, GameStop and AMC, they were going to jump Nokia. on Nokia today. Okay. Yeah, and they and all of them got online today and tried to buy that shit, and that motherfucker was like, nope. <laughs> you have you had no access to so with the uh, Wheel of Fortune loser time. People even tried to, get, to do the end around and go to go to go through um cash app, shut that shit down too. 
and it's and it's, so it's all it's all together, right? Like it's all together. Yep, yeah. They all use the same service. It's like if you get pissed off at Foot Locker and you go buy your shoes from Chance, it doesn't matter. It's the same fucking parent company. So you yeah, have to, yeah. you you got to start, you know, keeping these things in mind. Um, it's difficult. They sell you this idea. They're like, oh, I can do it. You can do it. You can get rich too, and all this. And so you have people who really believe that. Um, and I, I try to remind them because you know I say that shit all the time. Black men think capitalism is going to save them. And if I could go down the list of just distraught black men I saw today who really thought that they was about to come up on whatever the next joint was, was whether it would be AMC or Sundial, they really thought they was about to come up. And it was like, nah, nigga, no, nah, not not you. Wah wah, you know. Go ahead. That was the sound that they heard when they tried to get on there. Womp womp. Thank you for playing. Have a good, have a good day. Yeah, awesome, like I've man. had a bunch of niggas hit me up in the last few days about GameStop. Like, yo, what's going on at GameStop? I'm like, nothing. These niggas, is, I, I, these niggas is broke. These niggas is broke, bro. Like, don't buy that. Niggas, like, I should not buy this GameStop stuff. No, absolutely not. Don't do that. Like, I've never. I'm like, what happened? I looked it up. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. I remember. I what two three years ago somebody hit me up. GameStop stock like a dollar, like in 2019. So anybody that brought them stocks back in 2019, I I, I pray they got out yesterday before them niggas closed it down. Because to go from that next dollar, yeah. Well, you know they, you know they, well, you know they, they squeezed it anyway. Like, yeah, you should have sold like for people, but yeah, but you don't if you're not if that's not what you do, you don't know when to pull out. So people thinking like, oh, this shit's still going up, and they sitting there with eyes wide, like, man, I would have sold that at a dollar. As soon as they hit a hundred, get out, get out. You did what you needed to do, get out. Nigga, I'm gonna be real with you. I'd have got out at fifty, sixty. I would. I'm gonna keep it one thousand with you. Anybody who knows anything about GameStop, if they only give you three dollars for trading, you that shit was gonna be trash. Like, (laughs) you shouldn't have played with that. Brand new game. I've only played it for a week, and you give me two dollars in the store credit. You it's got $2.76. Yeah, you know right. Wild West recorded that line, and the man's initials who actually wrapped that line is JP. JP was kept it. <laughs> it's, all, uh, it's all the same. Um, the more... <laughs> yeah, um, we all, all we all we are in a billions billions of us are anyways. That's all it is. They were uh, even the billions writer was like, "No, I'm good." The, Man, one one dude sent me up. My homeboy posted a video of this of this um some billionaire guy. He was screaming about, nah, fuck that fair share shit. <laughs> he was like, fuck that fair share shit. We got we billionaires got to protect ourselves. Well, that's that's the lesson I want people to learn here, though. Like out of all this, it is very possible to do this, and it was kind of cool to see the actual Wolf of Wall Street. Um, what's that nigga name? Uh, uh, Jordan Jordan Belfort. Jordan Jordan Belfort. Yeah, like, it was kind of cool to see him up there wherever they, like, whatever rock they found him under. But, like, it's super important that, like, he came on and was like, yeah, keep doing that shit. Because they know they bogus. Get they ass. Like, this is what's out here. And I think whether it's Wall Street and and trading stocks or the way people drove up the sports car market crazy um, or just anything that people can find their way to to, to kind of. The final market, too. Vinyl, yeah, vinyl is the same thing. Like, whatever it is, man, like, I'd love to see people begin to share information, 
help each other come up. And that's the only way we're going to survive. The only way we're going to survive this is if we continue to socialize shit and help each other come up. Because wealth, wealthy people are not going to stop. Like, billionaires, I say this shit all the time, billionaires are sociopaths. If they weren't, they would fix the, even just the immediate shit in your vicinity would be better. And this, this idea that, well, I can't, well, that's all bullshit because we crowd, we crowdfund all kinds of shit. Um, and which is why we're going to be doing some more crowdfunding. So keep this in mind, guys. February 6th, we're going to uh, be raising money for HBCUs by telling stories um, on Clubhouse in one of our rooms. Uh, it'll be Saturday, February 6th at 4 o'clock Eastern. Yes, sir. Uh, check for it on your calendars. So I think that's, you know, more solution-oriented aspect of it. So instead of complaining, there's ways that we can get, get our money up out here. I am happy for everybody who made some cash. Uh, you know, make sure you get your ass out and hey. pay attention to the boards and, and be on the right side of this shit. Don't, don't get caught. Whoever made cash, let me hold a dollar, man. Also, um, if you are, if you want to watch a movie that's really good, I think it's called The Big Short. That kind of like gives you a really good look at that from the housing crisis. Great movie. And fun, yeah, and the funny part about that movie, the guy who did the big that did the short for the housing market, he was one of the main players in GameStop, and he got played, and he and he's part of that that crew that crew of billionaires or multimillionaires. Who was like, let me get, we got to get this shit under control because I got to get my money back. I think he bought like $15 million in stock from GameStop to short it. And he was part of that. That's when the Reddit person was like, wait a minute. And they started digging and they realized that a lot of these hedge funds were shorting that particular stock. And that's when they, they joined like Voltron, man, and got that ass. But, you know, the system, the game is, like I always say, I say that today to a bunch of people, the game is rigged, dog. It's absolutely rigged. And we know it, we've been knowing it, but they actually showed it to you today for those who don't think it's rigged because a lot of poor people out there don't think that they're poor. They think that they're um, one, a couple of days away, a couple of months away from being rich. A temporary like embarrassed millionaire. Yep. There you go. Yeah, that's, that's what it says. So a lot of them, a lot of people, don't believe they actually believe like there's a way to do this shit and the, the game is rigged man like they're gonna do whatever they can to keep that money and to keep getting more money because like you said Wes if they if it wasn't if it, they really were about the community they would fix any and everything in their immediate vicinity so and I think the, I think I think the worst they, part too is the CEO coming out saying in order to protect the firm and protect our customers we had to limit buying like they they think niggas this is dumb and they just continue just kind of speak to us like we're stupid like niggas don't know how the game is played so uh the the one percent the wealthy niggas they they ain't never helping the poor ever if we take we take five hundred thousand from these niggas ten thousand from these niggas they're mad i like i think one of them was crying on tv today talking about like we lost billions of dollars and i was like nigga you had you had a billion dollars to lose Think about that, my nigga. You had a billion dollars to lose, and you're still not broke. You're still not poor. I mean, look at Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. How she gave away four point one billion dollars in like two months. Yeah, she's still the richest woman in the world. Yeah. She so sure. like, you got you got money to lose. So, but they. You know but, what it is? Also, you know what this is? When when I when these types of things happen, and all these old white men go on TV and cry and bitch and give us like the soft story. This just shows me, bro, y'all have terrible money management. Instead of buying a yacht, go donate to something. Go do something for a bigger 
cause instead of buying your 26 yacht that like is just gonna collect dust in whatever whatever marina it's fucking state stowed at like that's what that tells me like what you lost your wife because you lost a billion dollars that's not my fucking problem boohoo motherfucker and, and that same that same thing happened um earlier with the airlines where it was like okay well we're gonna well, they they have financial issues and let's give them money because, and then they'll lay yeah yeah well like, yeah what? well why did you guys go broke doubly fast like and they went broke me, again well that's the second time they think was asking, like bro right. I, come on man well because because they have i think it, the number was 96 percent of their their funds that they were given they reinvested in their own stock <laughs> so like if you if you're not doing shit and it fails and i give you free money so you stop doing that and you immediately going back you go back to doing it again and then you still and the whole point was all right don't lay your employees off they just waited 6 months and then laid everybody off anyway like it's crazy how it's just so egregious with the the corruption and people doing this shit and we're just like it's because people don't ever go to jail nobody ever gets like like before you would do shit like that and the town would run up and cut your head off like that was the thing and people don't do it no more. People are just like, damn, we don't like we act like we don't know who the people are and shit. They were just on TV. They were just on TV telling you you're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. You're uh, y'all eat, you know, y'all eat Burger King every out. day. You're yeah, you. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yo, Wait, I have a question, say? guys. West finish. West finish, and then yeah, I was right. I just gotta ask a question. <laughs> ask all of this too. Oh, my bad, I, was, my bad, I was finished. My bad. I was finished right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say, as someone who, I mean, I just enjoy the fact that, that, that this happened. But I also just consider every time things like this happen when we discuss how it semi-benefits the poor, there's always somebody who, like, not like that, but more poor <laughs> and has a lot less access to even a forum like Reddit or just access to the knowledge that Reddit exists um, that won't benefit from things like this happening. So eventually it will be you know, people who are lower income uh, who catch on to figure out ways to do the system um, and benefit from it, but there's still going to be those people who don't have access um in a few different ways so in a number of ways so just for folks to just keep in mind you know what i mean like this works because there's clearly something someone on the other end that doesn't deserve this money that's able to survive without you know with these losses um so that you know this feels good because people who are engaging in it were able to beat this system uh are lower income people but this doesn't necessarily mean, well, in my in, in my opinion, it doesn't necessarily mean that this system still works if you right. then have, you know, these rare occasions where poor people benefit from it. Like, for people just to consider that, too, along with where everybody else, nobody's really said that at all in the space. But um, just for people to consider that, um, if they think that this is going to give them an example of how like capitalism can benefit poor people, somebody who's always going to be on the receiving end of like the bullshit. Um, but yeah, 
this shit is just, I mean, I've just been enjoying it. The memes, the people who've come up and say, like, nigga, I can buy insulin for the next two years, touch it. Like, this is And the, like, to me, niggas is still waiting on that $2,000, which is going to be $1,400 if it ever comes. Cut and, me my check. And my can you imagine? Down. Can you imagine if niggas actually had that money to play with when this shit went down? Oh, bro. And so, and so this is why. This is why. Right? This is why it's in the bed. That's why, like, the reason you don't have your check yet is because shit like this. Niggas would be, okay, They would. you would be rich. You could be rich. It's free money. money. It, it, it's free money. And you so don't wait, guys, my question is, um, does anybody know where Jeff Bezos' wife, ex-wife be at so I could go show her my silhouette? <laughs> you need to get off. He was literally distracting me with silhouette challenges while I was trying to talk earlier. So that's why I was like, this nigga been retweeting them all day. I'm going to go tell Jeff Bezos like every pose I got is a clip. Hey, let me get this Billy up out you. <laughs> I don't even I don't even need a billion. I don't even need a billion. They keep talking about like nigga, how will we survive in this shit? Like you told me, oh, we not billionaires, let alone billionaires. Nigga, I'm not a thousandaire, barely a hundredaire. Okay, so I, look. If I can survive like the, in the way that I have, like you can survive losing a few millions off your motherfucking account, you know, like they, you did. And according to them, they can, like I like I said. But you know, this is like, I, and I always have that saying: everything is wrestling. Like yesterday, felt like when Stone Cold Steve Austin like slid up to Mrs. Man. When he whooped his ass in the hospital with the bedpan. When he, yeah, when he smacked him with the bedpan, that that was a, that was the people of America, the regular people, regular folks smacking these billionaires with with the with the stocks, with GameStop and Nokia stocks. Like, yeah, we here. Well, so the McMahon's are a great example too because they do that in the writing. They give you this idea exactly. that like, oh, you guys, you guys will have your comeuppance, your day. That's why they always make uh, the McMahon's the villains and shit because like. Oh, see, your hero's gonna get over on them, but in real life, I own that motherfucker. It's like, so it's it's really, I, again, man, this shit operates. There's levels. It's uh, it's extremely sinister, and you just gotta be paying attention. And, and there's gonna be more. I don't want people to be like, you know, I do want people to pay attention to everything and and see what they can get in, and just be cautious of, and, and make sure you're doing it with people you trust. But like, rob these motherfuckers, man. Whether you do yeah, it every- digitally or in person. You know, every time you guys, uh, Nelson said everything is wrestling, 
I be sitting there like, man, I need to go back and like look up this shit, and then I think twice, like I'm not doing that shit. Like, fuck wrestling, cause this shit's and, fake. And also, robbing these niggas is also the bitch who cons these millionaires out of some money and divorces them and gets half that shit. It's also the sex workers that getting paid by these millionaires. Is also take that's also robbing these niggas. Okay, so all you anti-sex worker ass niggas, keep in mind that they are not Slime. coming to you in your baby pocket. Let them get this bag. Okay. Man, my favorite rapper said some dumb shit today, and I wanted to take his Twitter away. Like niggas, just stop talking because. Come on, Marion. No, oh my <laughs> god, not not. Oh, you funny yourself was talking about <laughs> what what what. Uh, what he said, because he did, that nigga blocked me in like 2009. This nigga, this nigga said, this nigga said, what? Beat what? That Mariana's favorite rapper. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking, of course, but no, nah, Mariana put out a tweet and said, what if you guys, would you guys stop using the word bless if you saw that it breaks down to be less? Like, if somebody don't get this goddamn telegram. Wait. He said, "Would you start Not using the word bless if you broke it down and said be less? Be less. Yes. yes. That's let's, exactly let's, what he said, let's, What let's, the fuck does that even mean? It, it, he, uh, he don't he know. Don't he just he had to. He just put the goofy koofy on and just thought he had something. He thought he had a Not the goofy koofy. Goofy It was too oh many walks God. on the beach. He had that, that goofy koofy on the beach out there. Well, maybe I'm glad he got me blocked. That we was kicking his ass." Yeah. Nah, that nigga smoking that sherm, nigga. He's smoking some other shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, gotta let um, you, you gotta you gotta let the ladies whatever the fuck they want to do. Just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's just the same thing. Like when white people start trying to get involved in the shit that niggas is doing, cut it out. Let like just stop it. Like last night. Something? Ooh. Oh my god. You know what, y'all are. You know no, what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done because y'all shoot every shot. Y'all empty the clip. Some of you niggas understand it, but you feel like it's a threat to you. And I'm just te- like we talk about this all the time. Like nigga, you y'all not the millionaires. Like you know what I mean? It's okay to say that. Like it's not y'all. So like if niggas are being taken advantage of, that got these billions of dollars. Like that too is stealing. That too is revolution. Okay. What, okay. What's the what's the meme where they say uh? The, the kid at the edge of the aisle in the game holding his hand out, hoping that the, the players come by and dab him up and shit, and they're all walking by and ignoring him, and they're like, that's you defending yeah. billionaires. Right. That's exactly what it is. Mars is dumb as hell. Uh, y'all want to let people up? Yeah. Hold on, yeah, yeah let's, let's open listen, it up. Vic, Getting these well, niggas out listen, the gulag. What's up, bro? Everything is- the everything is resting that you're not going to research. One day we're going to do a random... We're going to do a random rewatch of a random pay-per-view, and hopefully Who we... Who the hell we if you want, if shit. you want. I'm not yeah. watching that shit, bro. <laughs> should, we close, should we close the recording first before? Or are we good? Mm, I thought we, you know, that would be part of it. I thought we were going to have. Oh, yeah. yeah, they, oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, yeah. These yeah. things uh, get, uh, get 10, 10 minutes to course. Yeah, they can talk for 10 don't, minutes. Don't mind me. Kick don't mind me. Out again. No, I was just playing. Which car is yours? <laughs> well, man. Who else coming up? I got you on hand. I'm here. Not all What's, up? Ones, What's up, Hemi? What's up, Mo? Lando? What's good, y'all? Great episode. Cheers. I don't know why your name Lando and you be high as hell all the time. You don't know <laughs> land, nigga. More like higher. 
Hey, it's it's because <laughs> Lando Calrissian always in the clouds, baby. That's what's from. Okay. That's a really right, that's right. really a good one. If that's really where you got your name from, I'm really gonna fuck with it. Yes, sir. Yeah. What you mean, Billy? That's it for this episode, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Follow us on Twitter at WeAreSportsCH1. And I ask you, have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?